Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of M365 Voice. My name is Mike Mararani, and we have Antonio. And I'm Antonio Maya. And I'm Sarah Hansi. And today we are going to pull another question from the jar, the famous jar that Sarah's holding all the time and not passing it to us. <laughs> I need to ship it to you, Mike, and then you can you can do the honors. So here we go. I think we should get each one of us a jar and then... And then we can hand it to each yeah. other. Oh, yeah, that would be good. Like, that would be great. We need matching uh, ones, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this is a listener question from Matt Golby. Um, and he asks, Office 365 is so massive. What do you find is the best way to keep up with changes and updates so as to stay ahead of your users? So Matt Golby from the UK, how do you stay ahead of your users in trying to understand Office 365? We hear this question a lot. Yeah. It's really tough because it changes so quickly. And yeah. how many of you have been caught doing a demo for our client and suddenly it's changed from what it was last week or yesterday, and you're having to figure it out kind of on the fly. So there are things that we know and that we expect, um, but there's so much that we can't possibly pay attention to all of it. Yeah, I've been in on-site training sessions, like all day training sessions where one day it looks one way and the next day the feature looks different. And it's like, I just changed it last night and you just, sometimes you can't plan for some of those things. But so mm -hmm. what are some of the tools that you guys use that helps you keep up to date? Um, I will start with the massive standard, basically, to make sure that um, I know what's coming up, at least in my tenant. Yeah. If I am not the type of person that is always on the go and doing training or presenting, if I'm managing my tenant, which uh, the bulk of the users are, um, yeah, we'll start with the message center to make sure that I know what's coming up. And the message center, when they send you an update, they're not going to make a change next week or next month. They give you a heads up ahead of time. So this is this feature is coming up, and then you will have enough time to kind of assess and make sure that what kind of impact it has on the organizations before you start communicating about it or making decisions how you want to roll it up. Yeah, one of the things that I like to do, if, you, if you're lucky enough to be working with an organization that has um, enough staff where you can um, create product owners for the different components or some of the components. So within the Office 365 space, for example, if you could have a Teams product owner and a OneDrive and SharePoint product owner, maybe um, a product owner for Yammer that also covers Stream, for example, and they specialize in reviewing message center messages and new features and announcements from conferences for their products. I oftentimes find that if you can have someone focus on those things, that it's almost easier for them to be able to narrow down and determine which of the upcoming features and changes are going to be most pivotal for their users. But I think one of the challenges, what if you don't have enough staff to be able to cover that? What if you're working for a small organization um, or a small shop where you just don't have that kind of budget? How do you manage to pay attention to only the sliver of messages from the message center or the roadmap that are the most important for you? Well, I think there's a couple of, couple of important points in that. One, um, whether you're small or large, I do find that identifying someone who is an owner of the service. So we often, we often help organizations understand what roles do they need to have in place to manage this environment, right? What kind of care and feeding does it need? And identifying the roles that are own the services, either own the entire M365 service 
or own individual services if you're bigger, big enough for that. Like uh, you own Teams and you own SharePoint and you own Yammer and so on. Um, having the people who understand that that's part of their role to keep up to date with the changes that are coming is important, right? Part of their job is helping the organization prepare for the changes that are coming. And then they can use the message center. And the message center has gotten actually pretty good at categorizing the different changes so that if you need to focus on a certain set of changes, they are categorized and they're categorized both by service and then you see like major and minor changes. And I think there's some other categorizations there as well, but those are the main ones that I pay attention to. Yeah, and the fact that there is a role for message center reader in, uh, in the admin center, uh, you don't have to be technical maybe. If you don't, if you have a, a small, if you are part of a small organization and you don't have big enough IT team to support every single product in Office 365. Why don't, if you are using SharePoint and Teams and OneDrive and other products, why don't you assign a business owner to pay attention to that message center? Maybe because you won't be able to pay attention to all the messages you're going to receive on a, on a weekly basis. Maybe these people will, will be designated to pay attention to that product they own. And if they think they have that is a change or they don't understand, they can go back to the IT team and help them explain what's going on and they can investigate more. Yeah. Yeah. And I find you can um, sometimes have those messages sent to, you know, business users, like you said, Mike, or people that are responsible for training. So if you've rolled out training material or a training site to the organization on M365, having the people that are responsible for that also be able to access the message center as a message center reader or access the automated emails or receive the automated emails becomes important as well. Um, we've actually in, in my group set up a, um, a power automate flow that actually receives the message center notifications and then posts those to a team um, on a daily basis or whenever weekly basis, whenever they're received. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So spreading that information out to other people in the organization is helpful too. Yeah, and I know we've talked about using the new planner integration with the message center so that you can route them to planner and then assign them to people. Um, one of the things that I think is also helpful, and it's gotten so much easier than it used to be. If we were having this conversation five years ago or 10 years ago, um, we were still in this space, right? And I used to get most of my learning about what was happening in the Microsoft space from Twitter, frankly. But now it's so much easier because you can consume information in the way that you want to. So I still rely on Twitter to be able to highlight Microsoft product team blog posts that I might want to read or to hear about things that are coming up. But if I only wanted to consume things using my Spotify app on my phone, I could listen to podcasts that are going to help me understand the message center or the IntraZone podcast is great. Mark Cashman and Chris McNulty do a great job of that. And they highlight different things that are impacting the products. And I can listen to that as, as I'm driving, as I'm working out, whatever I'm doing. So there's so many variety of ways that you can go after that content now that didn't exist a few years ago. Exactly. And to your point, our, our podcast is on Spotify. So if you are at night, uh, you're sitting down and you don't want to be in front of a computer or you're driving, like you said, or in the gym, you just listen to our podcast and you can find it on 365 Voice. And... Uh, you'll be able to browse through it and listen to the, all those uh, podcasts. Yeah, that's right. So uh, one of the things that I like to do that I have done actually for about two years is um, every week on Friday mornings, I have an hour of time blocked off. That is uh, time for me to just go out and take a look at things without a specific destination in mind. Sometimes it's listening to a podcast. Sometimes it's reading some um, uh, blog posts. 
Sometimes it's just going out on Twitter and seeing what I can see, but literally setting aside time in my week, every week. And I really try and hold true to that time where I have the, the luxury of going out and just looking at things that I otherwise might not have been able, had the time to find. And I think that's important, like setting aside that time, like you're saying, on a regular basis to learn about what's coming or something you don't know yet in M365, because it is such a big and broad platform and it's changing all the time. Even stuff that we learned a year ago, less than a year ago, is changing just recently. So um, keeping up to date with those changes takes dedicated time. Mm-hmm. Also, um, during this pandemic, uh, there's a lot of now virtual events. Uh, the yep. virtual events didn't happen pretty well. We had a very, very few before COVID-19. With COVID-19, we've seen pretty much every event that you, it was in person right now is, is, is virtual. And uh, whatever, it's, it's, a, it's a SharePoint Saturday event or other Teams related or M365 product related events that are online so whether it's hosted in europe north america asia whatever that is you can always go sign up and pick the actual topics there's always things that there's always sessions about what's new in maybe m365 in general a roadmap about the product or a specific product as well Uh, so you can go and listen to those uh, virtual events these days yeah and the other feature that we like to make use of to keep up to date with all the changes that happen is the targeted release feature Mm-hmm. where in your tenant you can select a group of people that receive changes first um, and you know we talked about those roles earlier that are responsible for helping the organization you know own the, the roles that are responsible for owning the services and helping the organization prepare for the services it they really need to be part of that targeted release right part of their role is pre- helping the organization prepare they need to really try those features first right. experience them understand the implications help the training team update training material perhaps um, but they really should be part of targeted release. Um, and I would say never set targeted release to your entire organization. Exactly. I've right. seen it done. Um, and it's important to have a targeted set of people who are responsible for change who are part of that re- targeted release feature. I often get asked, actually, um, if, if it's useful to have a separate tenant. Um, mm-hmm. People will have, they've, they're used to the, old days of on-premise where they have a development QA and, and a production and whatever they do at release to dev and QA and before production. And they get asked if it's worth to have another tenant where they try out those new features. Uh, what, what do you what do you think about that? I have to tell you that one of the things that I find incredible use out of is having a personal tenant in addition to any work tenants that I'm working with. Um, I can't tell you how many times I'm running two computers and I'm actually checking things in my personal tenant against my work tenant. And sometimes even as things roll out, although I'm in targeted release on on all of those environments, that something will land in one tenant before it lands in the other tenant and it gives me a greater ability to be able to test things. So I I actually think as a Microsoft 365 practitioner, I, I don't think I could do my job as effectively without having that personal tenant, but I need to have a sandbox area that I can compare against. So for me, that's essential. I would say it depends on what you're using it for. So um, like you, Sarah, I've got my personal tenant, I've got a couple other tenants, I've got a work tenant, and then I've got my work production tenant, my client tenants. Um, The personal tenant is really useful, but if I look at an organization having a production tenant and a test tenant, the test tenant in that regard, I think it depends on what you're going to use it for. 
if you're going to use it for um, developing custom SharePoint framework web parts or just you know developing customizations or integrations with SharePoint, I don't know if a separate test tenant is as valuable because I think you can have separate test site collections that you do that in. However, if you're going to test features like um, configuration of some of the security tooling, like for example, Azure ATP, just to throw out an example, it requires you to install sensors on your um, AD domain controllers on-prem and connect those up to the tenant. That I highly recommend you do against a test tenant first. You test that, you understand all of those configurations before you apply it to a production tenant. Um, other things like if you're gonna test conditional access policies, it's really easy with conditional access to lock yourself out or lock a lot of people out. In that case, I recommend you try that on a test tenant. You evaluate, you know, the settings and and the the configuration you're going to put in place before putting it on production. So in those cases, I do think that a test tenant is helpful. Yeah. So you're saying if there is a new feature that might have a big impact on the organization, it's always good to have that test tenant where you, assuming that you got the actual targeted release on your test tenant pretty much the same time or before your production tenant where you can go and test all those features there. That would be very helpful. Yeah, exactly, exactly. In the SharePoint case, I find it's often uh, more efficient if you have test site collections or QA site collections and production site collections, so keeping those separate. But that too depends on what kind of changes you're gonna make and test. Not everything it requires that. Okay, got it. So we've talked about um, the message the message center. We talked about Twitter. Have we talked about the community uh, blogs as well? The Microsoft community blogs, where you can go and check um, the blogs from the product group as well. You can go and check there. Um, Twitter conferences, conferences, podcasts like this. There are a lot of podcasts as well. So it's mm -hmm. not only us. We're not the only podcast in, in M365. Wait, you should start with this one. But exactly. Yeah. Start with this one. Spotify or online, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we talked about targeted release also. Um, yes, and you can you can do it on the on the test tenant. So yeah, it's it's uh it's a uh, quite a bit of information. Uh, we agree that Microsoft releases a lot of updates on a weekly basis. Whether those updates are small or big, uh, at some point it will have an impact on your organizations, and you want to make sure that you're up to speed. So those are the tools that you want to go through to make sure that you are all aware and experienced. It's not about being aware. What is something that is major change? You need to actually get to know that. Yeah. Uh, what are the tools actually, if we want to go through the uh, very major update? Um, mm -hmm. uh, how does an administrator of a tenant get up to speed with that new feature before uh, releasing that to the rest of the organization? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I was just going to say that the underlying theme in everything that we've been talking about during this episode is that you need to lean into being proactive. I think that the one thing that we can't afford to be if you're a Microsoft 365 practitioner for your organization, you cannot afford to be reactive and only look at things after they land in your tenant. Even if you're set up for targeted release, you can't simply go around and look for changes on any given day and then try and react quickly enough. So no matter what, you can choose a path forward that aligns with your uh, interests and how you want to process information uh, and what form of media that you want to do that, but you have to lean into doing something proactive to be able to stay on top of it. Yeah, I think that's a great way to state it. Yeah, and, and taking advantage of all those tools out there to stay proactive. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds good. So that was a good overview. I hope uh, you, you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to listen to our podcast, like we've mentioned it a few times here. Um, and we will look uh, to have you again on the next episode. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Have a good Thank day. You.